0: Along with partner Simon Weiss as part of the duet Modern Times, he is the latest artist to appear on the Eurovision stage for the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg. The year was 1993 and Mill Street was the host city. How did the hard rocker Jimmy Martin end up there? What does he remember from Ireland? How much hairspray was invested in his hair and how disappointed was the delegation over the 20th place? And the huge ozone hole they must have created. You listen to Eurovision Legends with your mallet-haired groupie Emil Lovström. Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Jimmy Martin! Good morning, Emil,
1: thank you, and uh Hello to Sweden.
0: Actually, hello to the whole world. This is aired over the world. Wow. Wow. That sounds cool to me. Lovely to have you here. How are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty good. You know, I just uh, got back from southern Spain and uh, back to uh, cold Luxembourg where I spent uh, part of the year. And uh, uh, I had to come back because my wife, she's, uh, she's a choreographer and she has to do a little bit of work, you know, these days. Not much, but a little bit because of that COVID thing, you know.
0: Are you working anything right now?
1: I'm promoting my new record, uh, the singles. That's what I'm doing right now, yeah. I'm uh, doing a couple of interviews with uh, some German uh, rock magazines and some French rock magazines, which is uh, pretty cool to do at the moment because there's nothing else to do, you know. I mean, we've got... uh, radically stopped, you know, the whole music scene got radically stopped, so all we do is, like, interviews.
0: We're going to talk more about your new album, The Singles, but in 93, you became the last participant for the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg, and before we start digging into what happened in Mill Street and how you ended up there, I thought we could start with some quick questions. (laughs) Are you ready? Sure. Best song from Luxembourg in Eurovision? Jesus, uh... I would say it was our song.
1: <laughs> Worst song from Luxembourg in Eurovision. Uh, I would say it was uh, what was the band called? Uh, something with cafe, monsieur something. Yeah, Port
0: Cafe in 1989. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you there. Horrible.
2: <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: should have won the contest, but didn't. I think in 93, I really
1: liked and I thought they were going to win was the, the, the band for Sweden at the time. They had, this, I can't remember the name because it's hard to pronounce, but they had this song called Eloise. I always remember the song. Yeah. Which I thought was a really good song. It's kind of a boy
0: band. I remember. Exactly. Arvingarna.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Ar- Arvingarna.
2: Yes. Okay.
0: Actually they are competing in the Swedish pre-selection this year. Wow. They're like now they're like a veteran. <laughs> Who should not have won but did?
1: Wow. Yeah, I I mean it's uh it's a long it's a long story, I guess, the Eurovision. Not like really a fan of that of that song ein bisschen Frieden, you know, Nicole yeah. that was her name. She won for Germany. I thought it was just too uh, it was really corny, you know. But I mean, you know, she won. It's, uh, you know, it was a decision, and
0: that's it. You know, gotta stick to it. Yes. But now we are talking about your taste. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Favorite song from '93 besides her own composition.
1: Uh, I liked the French guy who uh, later became a musical star, Patrick Fiori. Yeah. The the Corsica song, Ma- Mama Corsica.
2: Mama oh, she come. Mom, don't know, oh, she's not. Caperne, Mamma, oh, she come. Come see the
0: Worst song from ninety three. Wow, worst song.
1: The, the, the Austrian guy, you know, uh, this Maria Magdalena thing, because, uh, they had their dressing room right next to ours and all I could hear like every day you know it was just this voice you know blasting out of, of his dressing room you know Maria Magdalena <laughs> <laughs>
0: want to see compete in Eurovision next year? For which country? It doesn't matter.
1: Uh, Me?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who do you not want to see compete in Eurovision next year?
1: That German dude. The one with a, you know, looking like a a clown. Uh, Gildo Horn. Gildo Horn, correct, yeah. (laughs) That one, you know. He he pretty much sucked, you know. Sorry, sorry. I just thought you know there, there was a there was a period when the Eurovision was just like a a big uh, a big love, you know, a big blah blah.
0: Yeah. You know. <laughs> Last question: How many cans of hairspray did you bring to Mill Street?
1: I bought I bought the whole stock in Mill Street. There wasn't any any available anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you survived the first part funny that you mentioned uh, tony vegas and maria magdalena and you you remember that they were singing that song the whole time because in a previous episode i talked to the croatian group put and uh-huh. uh, i asked them if they remember remembered anything behind the scenes and they said oh my god this was this this guy from Austria that sang Maria Magdalena in the toilets all the time.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I swear to God, you know, every time we were there, all you could hear was like blasting out of his, of his dressing room was like, Maria Magdalena. That was the only thing you could hear. You know, I couldn't even s- sleep, you know, I had nightmares. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in 1982, you released an album under the name Jimmy Martin and New Deal. Was this your first music collaboration?
1: Well, what happened was like, I had a I had a single released the year before. Actually, uh, it was 1986, I think, the album with the New Deal. It was 86. And in 85, I released a single, leaving it all behind, which became a a number one hit with RTL Germany. And then later on, you know, my friends, they had a band called New Deal. And uh, so we just, you know, we collaborated and we, we, we did this, this album together. We recorded a couple of tracks in, uh, in London uh, with my producer. And so we, you know, we had the idea of just, you know, calling it Jimmy Martin and, and the New Deal. So we had this collaboration of, uh, of songs together because at the time we didn't have enough money to pay for a whole album. So, you know, I contributed a couple of my songs and together. Together, you know, we uh, we released this album.
0: But uh, when I looked at the sleeve cover, I saw it was uh, the year 1982 was written. So I wonder, maybe it was recorded in 1982 and later released in 1986.
1: Then, yeah, I think there was like two tracks that we recorded uh, uh, together in '82. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it was released in '86.
0: Yeah. Okay, but at the same time, you left the band for a French hard rock band
1: correct yeah i was approached by the french uh it was a newcomer hard rock band in in france called fisk and they were looking for a uh, a new vocalist uh who could manage the the english language uh and uh, they saw me at a festival and uh, so they asked me if i wanted to join them
0: you're they like rammstein i hear yeah <laughs>
1: So they they uh they approached me and they um uh, asked me if I wanted to become their new singer and I didn't have anything to do at the time because I just finished the album my 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 project and uh I liked the band I liked the uh I liked the humor the band had and so uh, I joined the band and became the main songwriter and I did uh, release two albums with them and we did a couple of American tours but you know we uh, we quit in in 90, must have been 1990, because the hard rock scene just dramatically changed, and then the grunge approached, and uh, it was uh, it was hard sticking around you know, the hard rock band. Yep. <laughs> I'm a ballad guy, you know, one of the, the songs I really enjoyed was, uh, Waiting for You, which was a big ballad, which came out at the same time Europe released their single Carrie. Yeah. And I remember we played like a week later in France at the same place they played, you know, and, uh, I met them and, you know, they were cool guys at the time, you know, we're, we you know, we're the same, we're the same age, H group, you know, and, uh, I really like, you know, like melodic hard rock, you know, big choruses and, you know, heavy guitars and nice
0: melodies. Your first solo album was released in 1989. Was this a dream come true? It was. Yeah,
1: it was uh it was a little bit of material that I that I had written and uh which wouldn't fit onto any FisK albums because it was a little bit, you know, more mellow, you know. It was more into that american aor rock you know like the brian adams rick springfield uh you know more of that type of stuff so then the record company which i was signed to with fisk you know they they asked me if i wanted to you know release it as a solo album which i which i then did you know using like new techniques like the samplers and uh you know programmed drums and, and, and you know stuff like that that was like kind of modern at the time I like dance a night away. The girl singing backing vocals, you know, on the, on the album later uh, represented Luxembourg. I think it was 1991 at the Eurovision. Sarah, Br- Sarah Bray. Bray, yeah. So that was, that, were, that, that was her first step into uh, recording music.
0: And uh. Uh, it was uh, Patrick Hippard that uh, wrote. Sarah Bray's song Mm -hmm. in 1991, and together with him, you wrote the song Donne-moi une Chance that became the last Mm -hmm. entry for Luxembourg in Eurovision to date. And I wonder, was it his idea to write for Eurovision again, or how come you did that? Well Patrick,
1: I knew Patrick from years ago, from the 80s, because he uh, was a keyboard player in one of my early bands around 1983 yeah we were kind of discussing it uh, you know doing the eurovision and i said well you know i'm you know i'm a rock guy you know i can't like really do the eurovision thing you know because it would you know it's a different it's a different thing you know but i wanted to write the song you know because i'm a songwriter you know and i like writing songs all kind of materials and uh so we wrote this song and uh we were looking for a girl to sing the song so we came up with uh, simon
2: <laughs> My life, my
1: Approached RTL for the Eurovision, and they liked the song. They said, "Yeah, but you know, Simon, she's an unknown singer, and we we don't really want to send somebody to Eurovision uh, who doesn't, you know, who doesn't like or isn't 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 Experienced uh, enough is a, yeah is an experience and it has never been like on a bigger stage before." So we said, well, you know, I came up with the idea and I said, well, why don't we do like a duet thing, you know, and we call it Modern Times and we we sing it as a duet. And then RTL really liked the idea and he said, yeah, let's do it, you know, and that's the way uh, it came together.
0: Why did you call the duo Modern Times?
1: I called it Modern Times because uh, uh, I came across, you know, the German band Modern Talking. (laughs) And I wanted to get something like modern, modern, something like with modern. And so, uh, modern times, you know, because in the beginning of the 90s, a lot changed. You know, uh, the first Mac computers came out and, you know, the first cell phones came out. And so we called it modern times.
0: In uh, 1993, Luxembourg didn't have any pre-selection. So I wonder, how did they choose the song? Do you know that?
1: No, we just, you know, we presented the song to RTL and they just said, yeah, well, We'll do it. We'll, we'll do the song. Because they had they had heard the demo, you know. I had recorded a demo with Patrick and, and sent it to Arty and I said, what do, you, what do you think, you know. And they said, yeah, we really like the song, you know. And they wanted to do it. And that was the way uh, it, just, it just happened.
0: Do you still have that demo?
1: It's got to be somewhere on the tape, yeah. I got, you know, zillions of tapes, but I don't know if there's anything left on them. You know, I wouldn't even be play, able to play them because I don't have a tape recorder anymore.
0: Did you write more songs for this project yourself? I mean, did you submit any more songs, or was it only Donny Moenchans? It was only that one.
1: Yeah, it was a one, one-off project. You know, we had later on we had a couple of shows, and uh, then we just, uh, we just quit.
0: Can you take us back to Mill Street? What was the atmosphere like? Oh, the
1: atmosphere was. Uh was pretty bad, because I was uh, married to my first wife at the time, and she was a jealous one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the whole week I was there, you know, because we had this cute bass player in the band, you know, she's... Uh, With the you
0: know, red, tight velvet dress. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And she, on the second day, she was like, uh, uh, she had first symptoms of, of fever and of having a cold. And I was, like, really worried, you know, that she, she wouldn't be able to perform or, you know, do backing vocals. So, you know, I... I asked like a few times how's Ruth doing and everything and then my wife she got like really jealous of her you know and then I remember that one time we were in the in the listening room and I I sat next to to Ruth and she would just uh make a scene there with the delegation I you know I wasn't I wasn't around Ruth you know because it was like it was hell uh, you know you know personally but apart that you know the atmosphere was pretty good I guess you know <laughs> 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 Anyway, I, I got, I got, you know, I, I divorced later on, so it doesn't really matter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we must say here that uh, Ruth attracted many Thursday eyes this week. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, that that was pretty funny because at the time we had there was the the, the orchestra, you know, which like was seated like lower than the stage, and uh, so I remember like the uh, the conductor. You know, he went to count in the band, you know, and he mean, one, two, three, and they were all staring at, uh, at Ruth, uh, Ruth's legs or whatever, you know, and they, they completely missed, you know, their, their entree to the, to the song, you know, in the, in the rehearsals. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, in 1993, I was, wait, I have to count here, I was seven years old, and I remember that I thought she looked like Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, kinda, of, yeah. Uh in the team there was uh, one of your best friends too, the drummer, Frederick Reichel.
1: Correct, yeah. He's still in in, in fact today we we're going to meet up and have a bottle of red wine. Like every Wednesday when when I'm in Luxembourg and I'm not abroad, you know. Yeah. We'll we'll meet together, especially in these times, you know, where you can everything is closed, like bars, restaurants are closed, you know, we always meet up and we'll uh We'll have like a half a bottle of red wine and we'll just uh, talk. You know, he's a he became, you know, I mean, he's been a good friend, uh, say like for almost like 40 years. And he's a great uh, he's a great writer. You know, he writes poems and books. And he also wrote my my biography in 2012.
0: Uh, Do you still have a copy of the book? Yeah. Yeah, I think I have I have a few around. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I do. Can you sign a copy and send me? Sure, I can do that. Lovely. I could do that. I will go back to your vision here, because I wonder, I guess your gold glittering blue vest didn't get the same woohoo as uh, Ruth's dress. (laughs) Maybe with some female fans. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I ask because watching your performance today, I wonder who did your styling? Because in my opinion, it looks like some people got an invite to a party without a dress code and no one knew what the other one would wear. Don't get me wrong, I know this, is, I know this yeah, is the nineties yeah, yeah. and I guess you didn't have yeah. I guess you didn't envy her skirt and blouse with butterflies on, but no, did no. you have a say in this? You know what happened
1: was like uh, it was kind of two teams, you know, it was me and the other side was Patrick and he was taking care of Simon. So then the, uh, the, the, the A&R of RTL says, and he was like, I mean, he's, he's been like the, the father of Eurovision for Luxembourg. I think he was already like 80 years old at the time. And he said at the time, he says, uh, yeah, well, you know, you have to go and then we have to buy a nice suit uh, with some nice shiny black shoes, you know, for you. And, and uh, so I said, oh, holy, holy cow, you know, I ain't going <laughs> to wear a suit. <laughs> and then and I remember like there was the first press conference I showed up and I hadn't shaved for about a week you know on purpose you know because they told me what to wear and I said hey no way you know I'm gonna I ain't gonna wear like a suit so I went and I you know got my my own stuff you know I got a pair of black jeans and I got a pair of cowboy boots which was like fashionable you know at the time i like turquoise at the color at the time so i got this this turquoise uh vest and this black i think it was a black shirt you know with some silver uh chains and then i had this you know this this mexican tie with the same with the blue stone it was like turquoise stone that would fit with uh the vest but i lost the stone in mill street and so i said you know Damn, what am I gonna do? You know, and uh, I had a spare tie, Mexican tie, but the stone on that one was like, like, like pearl white. So and then, and it wouldn't fit to my to my vest. So I I went in Mill Street. I went into a, a shop where you can buy all these little, you know, model planes that you have to you know build together. You know, what, you know the, the kids do that, and gotcha. they had like these little these little pots of color, like blue, red, They're like I don't know, maybe. 10 millimeters it's like a little a little pot you know and then it had this turquoise color so i bought that one and i painted it turquoise you know my the the the, the pearl white stone so then it would fit again you know so that was the tie i was wearing that evening man i you know jesus you know i didn't have anybody taking care of that uh, yeah and and simone i think she went with patrick and and the guy and they they went to some like some outrageous fashion store in Luxembourg. I can't remember. It costs a fortune. I think that dress, you know. But I wasn't. I wasn't part of that, you know. I didn't. I didn't have any saying in that, you know. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did uh, something happen behind the scenes that you can share with us? Uh, no, not really, you know. Except like the jealousy scenes from my, my
1: ex-wife, you know. That was about it. That was enough. <laughs>
0: you were never the favorite to win and critics called the song old fashioned was this something you noticed
1: no because uh in the in the pre i think on on the saturday afternoon when we recorded the show you know we were like a lot of people thought you know it was a good song and i think we were about among the first 7 at the time but i must say you know like rtl didn't didn't really do any, any promotion for it, you know, I mean, the, the record arrived late, uh, which we couldn't distribute, uh, and I was told, you know, when we left, you know, they, they, they're always scared that they would win, and then they would have to, to promote it the following year, you know, and they didn't want to spend any money, so they told me, oh, well, you know, good luck, but please, <laughs> I mean, I swear to God, that's what they said, good luck, but please don't win, you know, that's what we were told. You know, so they didn't do anything, any, prom- you know, any, any promotions. Uh, we were invited to all kinds of parties there, like, like countries throwing parties and promoting some of their, their, their products, like wine or whatever, you know, that, that was made in the country. We didn't have any party, nothing, you know, there wasn't any, any input from the Luxembourgish uh, delegation. I didn't think the song was uh, old-fashioned. It was like, you know, it's it's an introduction. It's a it's a verse. It's a nice chorus. You know, it's a little guitar solo, you know. I didn't think it was old-fashioned.
0: You finished in 20th place with 11 points, which uh, mm-hmm. 10 points were from Malta. Do you have any opinions about the outcome?
1: We were kind of uh, surprised that we didn't get more points, I must really say. Because, I mean, before it was like people liked the song and they you know... said it sounded good and uh you know with the two languages you know which we had to do people thought it was quite original yeah so well we only got the 11 points you know you have to deal with it but i always think you know like the revision the most interesting places are always like the winner and the one in the last you know position because everybody asks who won maybe somebody says who was second and who was last you know so these 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 places are always the, the most interesting ones, you know. If, if you're like 7th or 15th or 18th or 20th, it's like nobody gives, gives anything about that.
0: Yeah, and last ended uh, Belgium with Barbara Dex. And funny is that she, she had made her dress herself and it was pretty okay. awful. And nowadays, a <laughs> uh, winner of a prize called Barbara Dex Awards. Win the prize for the worst dress.
1: <laughs> so she won she won the prize for the worst dress at the time then I guess. Yes. <laughs> and gave the
0: awards a name. <laughs>
2: oh, oh wow. Uh, this was oh. the last
0: time to date that Luxembourg participated in the Eurovision. Did you have yeah. the feeling there and then that this would be the case? No, not really,
1: because I mean th- there weren't any any talks that L- Luxembourg wasn't going to be taking part of it yet. Which I think it's a shame now because it's such a rich country and you know we don't we don't take part in the Eurovision anymore. I mean, we tried a few times, you know, I you know I. Uh, I approached them a few times. I said, you know, I'll do the song. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do the production for free. You know, I'll do any, you know, everything. And and they just, ah, oh, we don't want to do it anymore. And some people think it's it's my fault, you know, because we ended up twentieth. You know, so. it's your fault, you know. And every time I'm I'm in an interview here, they always ask me about Eurovision. I'm always saying it wasn't my fault, you know, because everybody says, yeah, it's it's because of you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't participate anymore. <laughs>
0: You said here before that you uh, had offered to write and produce songs for Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. Can you reveal anything you have offered? Uh, I had a few tracks, I think, that I... I uh... I ask because I wonder if uh, the song Love Does Not Live Here Anymore was um... written for Eurovision in mind. No,
1: no, love, love Don't Live Here Anymore was written, I mean... Uh, it was written for a remake of a band, you know, from the Scorpions. Yeah. And uh, about six, seven years ago, uh, the bass player and um, Michael Shanker and somebody else, uh, they were going to do like a new version of the Scorpions and calling it the real Scorpions or the new Scorpions. We were asked to write two songs for him. So we wrote two songs for, for the new Scorpions and the project never got off the ground. So uh, that's why I recorded Love Don't Live For Anymore for my my, uh, 2013 album, but it was written for the Eurovision. I think it would be perfect for Eurovision. It would have been, yeah. It would yeah. have been a great track, you know. But, uh, you know, my studio, um, I'm part of the Valika Music uh, Production Forum in, in Germany. And uh, Lena, she recorded at our studio. She recorded her satellite song at our studio.
0: What happened directly after Eurovision? I mean, did you and Simone Weiss do any more jobs to get... No, no, I am. I might have seen her like twice in, how long has it been? Like 27 years?
1: 28 years. 28 years. About eight months ago, I uh, was at a shopping mall and I went into H&M and somebody says, Hi, Jimmy. And I'm looking at this girl, gray hair and wearing glasses. And at first, I didn't know who it was. And then like three seconds later, I, it was Simon, you know. So I hadn't seen her in such a long time. And I... Wow, you know, uh, and there I meet her, you know, I mean, she didn't look like she did before, you know, it's like <laughs> completely completely changed, you know, I don't, she doesn't do, I don't think she does any any music anymore.
0: I saw on Spotify that you uh, have recorded a, one more song together, Take Me Straight to Heaven.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, I think that was before we did the Eurovision. Uh, yeah, that must have, yeah. Uh, and she did backing vocals on that one. Yeah. Yeah, she did backing vocals. So that was like you know, I always had like the Eurovision singers first come into the studio doing backing vocals. Like like Sarah Bray, you know, when she did backing vocals for me and and Simon too. that that was the first that was the first time she'd recording in a studio. Oh. Simon. Yeah. So she's done she's done backing vocals for that. Take me straight to heaven, yeah.
0: continued to record music and the following year you release an album, but you choose not to include the song from Eurovision. Why?
1: Because of rights, you know, uh, I don't own the rights of the music, you know, I mean, the, you know, the, I mean, it, the production was paid by a Belgium record company, so, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't really, I could re-record the song, because I've written the song, you know, but uh, I cannot use the master tapes, because they belong to this other record company. So I would have to get like a license agreement and all that kind of stuff. So that's why I didn't do it. Plus then, you know, uh, I lose, you know, I 50% of, of, uh, of the royalties for, you know, for the songwriting belong to the, uh, for the Radio Music International, which is the publishing company by RTL, you know. So, you know, if it plays on the radio, 50% are gonna go straight to, to Radio Music International. Yeah, so so, so it's, it's not worth it.
0: Hmm, okay. Uh, since we saw you on the Eurovision stage, you have released several albums, worked with uh, the international stars such as Robin Beck, uh-huh. and released a biography, as you said before, about your life. And let's listen to the beautiful duet with Miss Robin Beck. Turn out the light. How come you
1: sang a song together? We thought it would, it would be a great track. I wish you I wish you here tonight it would be a great track to do as a duet. And uh, she signed to the same record company, or she was signed to the same record company uh, as I was at uh, in 2013. So the A&R head guy says, hey, why don't I get you together with Robin Beck, you know, and you guys, uh, you know, do this as a duet. Because, uh, I mean, she's she's probably one of the greatest female singers of all times. I mean, so we recorded, you know, I recorded my track in Berlin and she recorded her vocals in uh, in Florida, you know. And the first time we met was when the song was already mixed and, and out there, you know, we got together in, in Miami. Yeah, one hell of a singer. I mean, one hell of a singer.
0: What's your next dream you want to realize?
1: My next dream well you know do like a lot of traveling and uh after after covid is 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 over and uh you know i'd like to get back to america you know see my family and friends and everybody because i can't get over there at the moment they don't let people from the Schengen zones in so that's my dream you know for the future my musical dream i don't know you know i'll uh we write a lot at the moment uh we write for other artists and I'll probably do like, uh, you know, do another album at some point.
0: Thank you so much
1: for this nice chat, Jimmy. You're very welcome, Emil. Very welcome. It was my pleasure.
0: And thanks to you all listeners out there in the world. I hope you enjoyed this chat with me and Jimmy Martin. If you did, subscribe, like and write a review and tell your friends about Eurovision Legends. You find Eurovision Legends on Facebook and Instagram and all information on my website eurovisionlegends.se. What do you say, Jimmy? Shall we end this episode with the English version of your Eurovision song? Yeah, please do so. Do you remember the title? Uh, uh, heaven
1: Only Knows.
2: I'm looking through your deep blue eyes To see the eyes
1: Three or four weeks before the event took place, RTL called me in a secret meeting and he said, "You have to come to uh, RTL tonight. We have to talk to you about something." So I went there and he said, "Look, you know, uh, you have to sing some lines in Luxembourgish." So I, you know, I I, I wrote like like pretty quickly a couple of lines in Luxembourgish, which uh, I had to sing that night. Dreaming well on a clang <laughs> the rose, the autumn Seht mich der Andern nicht. Hey! <lacht>